a question I've always wanted to ask you. Um, shoot question. Um, you, Aren't they all shoot questions? Yeah, yeah. But 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 I'm I'm cur- legitimately curious as somebody who lived it. Your character, Big Papa Pump. Um, I, I I've said on the podcast. I've said in interviews many times that when you went off. I would get the hell out of there because I didn't know if you were, you know, I don't know if you were really pissed if you're playing a character or a little bit of both, but I wasn't going to stick around and take a chance. So I'm curious all this. I don't know if you, if, if you care to, to give away the answer to what's behind the, the, the curtain, but um, was that a character or was that also some of the frustration of being in WCW at that time bubbling over? No, it's, it was frustration, man. Uh, so I mean, it was good to run. Yeah, you, you <laughs> like. Uh, I mean, if you like, if you listen to Conrad podcast with sure. Bischoff and stuff, he'll ask him like stuff like, you know, like why, like we had my brother, me and my brother against each other. Pit one was one of my partners, and somebody else was my brother's partner. And you'd say, why did he do that? And they go, I don't know. It's like that's bad booking. You know, not Eric's fault. It was a Booker's fault. And I'm going. Well, if you're thinking that, what the fuck do you think I feel? You know, we have to show up to every Monday night and get handed this bullshit piece of paper, and I'm supposed to follow their bullshit. So after a while, man, I got pissed off, and like, and that's why I went up to Eric at one some point and said, "Listen, Eric, these guys, you know, fuck these guys. Let me do what I want to do. I'll, I know how to get over. You know." I, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I booked you. I used to do indie bookings, uh, 2002, 2003. I booked you for a show at the Medieval Times in New Jersey. I don't know if you remember that. And the next, you had called me and said, uh, by the way, Penzer, the next night I'm going to Madison Square Garden and debuting for WWF. And I can remember sit, you sitting in the bar. I don't think you were drinking. I think you were eating. I was drinking. And you were talking. You sounded excited about the possibility of WWF back then. Uh, any any idea what went wrong? Same thing that went wrong, and everybody else that went from WCW. Look what everybody did. He, Triple H beat everybody. You know, Kevin Nash went in and he did a DQ. Then he got beat. But he, uh, Sting got treated worse. He had one match with them, and he was done. You know, that's the thing when you know the, when a guy's a mark and he wants to beat everybody, and who is a legitimate pussy. You know what I mean? I mean Wikipedia don't lie. I mean seriously. Look what he's done. Nothing. Then he got a professional wrestler, and then, oh, that was his, you know, that was his time to shine. Of course, you know, it does help, you know, banging the boss's daughter. So, you know, he took advantage of everything that he could, and he beat everybody from WCW. Why? They treated everybody like shit, and we're all in the same business. You know, you know, like, wrestling is a, is a small-knit community, you know? Like, it's a brotherhood. But you're going to treat us bad because we wrestled for somebody else? I mean, it made no sense. Now it's biting them in the ass. They would, they would kill, fucking kill for half the ratings that they had when we had the Mighty Night Wars. Look at them. It's biting them in the ass and fuck them. They got what they deserve. It's nothing different. Like CM Punk said the same thing I said, you know, what, eight years, nine years later, about what I said about Triple H, what he said about the business. Moxley said basically the same thing. It's like, it, 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 that is the worst place ever to work. I mean, every time I worked there, I wanted to quit. In 93, I left. I was gone for two years in Japan because I, I was totally sick of the, you know, the bad taste that, that left in my mouth. And the same thing in two or three. It's like, God, if I would have, you know, yeah, it was it was so, brutal. So, so speaking of the Hall of Fame, first off, 
where in the fuck is the Hall of Fame? That's wherever wrestle. Oh, the actual Hall of Fame? Yeah. They don't yeah, have explain. one. Explain. Fucking exactly. So how can you be in the Hall of Fame if it doesn't exist? It exists in Vince's mind. So what, do I give a fuck if I rent space in Vince's mind? Fuck no. I don't give a fuck what he thinks. So I don't care if I'm in the Hall of Fame because it's a fucking joke because it don't exist. Why do I care if I go in the Hall of Fame? It's not there. Go visit it. Where? Where are you going to go visit well, that's it? that's fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, last question. Don't cut me off. I'm not done being pissed. <laughs> We are in season five. Today we are looking at the Great American Bash 92. I'm William Rinkin, joined by Charlie Stabile. Hey, what's going on, guys? Here we are. We're back. We're back into the thick of the season, which is great because it's... When was the last... You saw it in the notes. When was the last time we did a, uh, a season five proper episode, man? Season five proper. Uh, let's go back here. October 16th. 2019. There we go. There we go. The world was uh, was much different then. There were about 60 candidates in the Democratic. Uh, <laughs> I'm Tom Steyer. <laughs> I, I, was I will expose Tom Trump for who he is a fraud and a failure. I'm so Man. glad I don't ever have to see those ads again. I just want to know there. I have a in Columbia. There are a ton, I'm sure there are probably in Charleston a ton of these Tom 2020 signs. Who's picking up these signs? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Who's, well, who's, who laid them down is, is what I want to know. And just, yeah, like, the, you know, because I'm, I'm out of Charleston, and we had a bunch of uh, Tulsi signs, which, you know, I don't even know if she was at the convention, but, like, you couldn't drive a mile without seeing a Tulsi sign, and no one else. There was one Tulsi sign here on one random road, uh, and, I mean... I, Hey man, I mean, I guess that helped her in American Samoa. Maybe somebody phoned home like you need. Yeah, she won there. I think. <laughs> well, she got a delegate from there. I think Bloomberg actually won. <laughs> There's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. That was that's how long ago we recorded. There were all these. Everybody was like, I say relevant, but you know what I mean. People were really. Oh well, yeah, there was hard, that, but... and Corona wasn't tarnished yet. And, uh, right, right. Yeah, Keep yeah. drinking the beer, folks. Go find your beach. It's still out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Great American Bash '92 here. Before we get into that, let's just talk about what's coming up. Coming up. So, it's it's it, it'll be our second time doing it, and it's it, as you and I were talking about off air. It does coincide with our anniversary. It's the Best Select Spot Hall of Fame which we hope to have coming out the weekend of WrestleMania. Now, we talk, said WrestleMania is April 4th. Is that right? Uh, WrestleMania is April 5th, I believe. Um, or April 5th. So mm-hmm. it come. Okay, gotcha. Our goals have it out on April 4th. And the hashtags, you guys have done a great job putting them out there. So now we're going to start combing through. You remember the categories. There's the five that we'll put it, like we'll come up with a nomination field for you all to have is like the fans vote the i guess that's is that did we technically call it we do we do it for the fans oh that's <laughs> so right we, yeah yeah we do it for the fans well 
Well, well, then there was the we do it to the fans, uh, but I we think I think that became the uh, Warrior Award. Right. So there's the Warrior Warrior Award, also known as the John Stossel Memorial <laughs> Induction. Into there's the um, the don't was do we. Did we change it to try this at home or don't? Is it just don't try this at home? Don't try this at home. Don't, right. Okay, gotcha. Don't try this at home. And then the coup de grace is the um, are you not sports entertained? So we're going to be going through. And then, of course, each of us uh, are going to be picking. Um, we're going to be having our own submission that we'll pick that'll automatically go in. So there's a lot going with it. We're going to have. Hopefully the nomination's coming out soon for everyone to vote on. And it may not be that long of a period to vote because, let's let's face it, we don't need that much time to figure out what's the spot. And remember, guys, like there's a difference between a best-of-luck spot and a botch. We joked about, like, wow, we're, we really think so highly of this. We're going to do the nuances of a best-of-luck <laughs> spot versus a botch. But best-of-luck really is like, all right, are we going to do this? All right, we're going to do this. Well, best-of-luck to you. That's always the subtext of every one of those spots. It's not necessarily a botch, even though sometimes a best of luck spot can be, for sure. Hopefully. But once again, what what is the first... Do you remember... Is it the Jericho-Brian match? Is that what we talked about was the first time we did... We talked about a best of luck spot? You mean when Brian went that through we the just ropes? Yeah. Was that the first time? Well, it could have been that, or it could have been the exact same spot with Benoit when he tried it on Jericho. He did the exact same thing. Oh. Yeah, and went back first right. into the table and um yeah, it's 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 it was definitely one of those because uh, it was like, well, yeah. you you know they talked about that. <laughs> You're like, we got to get this spot in and uh right. it just turns into just something that looks awful. I that's that's the thing. It was I just remember it, it was one of those things that just popped out and it just always it always was there and now it's 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 this thing, so I can't wait. I'm excited for us to for us to do it and everything, and we'll see what um we'll see what ends up making it and getting the illustrious prize of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's a huge deal. It's as real as the WWE Hall of Fame. That's right. <laughs> where is it? Tell me where it is. Where is it? It doesn't. It's right. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll also be celebrating the five-year anniversary, so that's really exciting. Five years, wow. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of wrestling. It's a, it's a lot of watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, know, and, and, and I know it's a bit misleading, because we know over the last year has been the output compared to year one, and to year from year one to year two, and then from year four to year five has been, we know, it's, it's, it's not comparable, but that's okay. It, it it'll it'll yeah we were like a bi-weekly show <laughs> it, what, i think at one point it was weekly we were just like get them out there yeah just keep keep getting it, goods out get them out of there get them out of yeah it was uh i remember we would record like two or i remember one time i think we recorded three episodes in a day we did we did we so yeah. i remember it was um we did two invasion part one we did invasion part two and then we did batman returns <laughs> well, <laughs> it was. I remember. Look at all I that mean, free time we had. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially too. Remember when we used to do two ECW pay per views, and those things were not flimsy. Those were some thick shows. Yeah, the season three ones. We used to do two of those in a day to bank them for the, and so we could release them every other week. Those were heavy. 
yeah, yeah. We, we flew through the ECW season. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so, um, also to just keep in mind, like, we still have perfect tens that are going to be coming out um, between now and even probably best of luck spots. So, be on mm-hmm. the lookout for those. Don't have exact dates on them, but be on the lookout for them. And we may have some cool things we're going to be doing with that in the future. We're going to keep that right there as it is. But we're, we may be announcing some changes to Perfect Tens, which would be fairly unprecedented for the podcast going forward. All right. Here it is. Great American Bash 92. We have our buddy, Nick. He always, no matter what, like I literally emailed him a couple days ago. I was like, hey, man, can you be ready? And he was. Like he had stuff ready to go for us. I, Absolutely wonderful just waiting for the opportunity to be able to give us some notes and being able to do it on such short notice. So let's talk about this. July 12th, 1992, the Albany Civic Center in Albany, Georgia. So we're in the thick of WCW territory. Probably a lot of Braves fans here. I just, you know, was putting that out. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Um, The attendance, 8,000. The buy rate, 0.4. Again, just throwing these numbers out there. I mean, there's we don't need to get into any real comparison with them, but that's that. I I did not realize this until Nick put it in the notes for us. Did you know this is the last bash, Great American Bash, until 1995? Yes, actually, I did. Uh, I I thought WWE Network had censored the 93 and 94 editions, and I went to Wikipedia um, after I watched this show a couple couple days ago. And then come to find out, oh no, it's the last Great American Bash until 1995. I wonder why that is. Who the I don't know. Like this is like a signature WCW show to me. Yeah. So yeah. It, what what would they replace this with? World War Three. Uh, so like, this is in July. So I mean, right. Bash at the Beach is traditionally what late June, right? Yeah, and then there's Beach Blast. Right. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a blast and a bash, and and, and you can't have too many of either. Uh, it, I, I I really don't know. I don't know why they would get rid of it. Okay. Even WWE brought this back. <laughs> WWE also did Great Balls of Fire, and that hasn't come back yet either. <laughs> That's probably for the best. That, <laughs> that and uh, Beware of Dog. <laughs> the In Your House names were awesome. They were so good. Good friends, better enemies. Revenge of the Taker. Revenge of the Taker, A Cold Day in Hell. Yeah, I love the In Your House names. And I'm very happy to say that I was there live for uh, Beware of Dog Part 2. I I am... I find it hard to believe they have not found a way to bring those back. In Your House? Yeah, somehow. I think you could do it. But say, who doesn't want a house now? (laughs) I mean, like, do... I mean, with all these different shows you watch where people are renovating houses and they're, or they're you know, uh, just buying and selling houses, love it or list oh, it. Oh, they could, shows. they could totally, yeah, like renovating. Yeah, that's, that's Imagine an interesting the, idea. The cross promotion they could do with like HGTV or something. That's, they a, that's an interesting totally. idea. You get, yeah, we just pair up one of those jackasses with Pettengill and yeah, then just, I, and just watch the sparks fly. <laughs> I, I, I miss the the set of in your house. I always yeah. liked the set; like, it was really cool, and I, the concept was interesting. 
how uh, I even had that video game. Did you ever play that WWF yeah, in your house? Yeah, well, uh, you and I joked about this because it was similar to the WrestleMania game where, like, if you punch Yokozuna, like, 30 turkeys fell out of yeah, him or something. Yeah, a lot of turkeys. <laughs> you can hit Undertaker with a tombstone. And, <laughs> yeah, it was basically the sequel to WrestleMania. And if you hit Bret Hart, a bunch of hearts come out. It's literally the most <laughs> literal interpretation of the characters. Uh, I do remember, like, Taker pulling out a literal tombstone and bashing somebody. Yes. With. I was like, there, this is what I want to see. <laughs> I yeah, <would> yeah, <laughs> that's what you would get. And uh, the the thing that was cool about in your house was that uh, each wrestler had their own themed arena. Like, like I think Undertaker oh, yeah. had a graveyard site, and and uh, Shawn Michaels like would fight you in the Heartbreak Hotel. It'd be great if he <laughs> fought you in the barber shop. He just doesn't <laughs> leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, that wasn't a great game, but I mean, for a novel, for novelty's sake, it's it's pretty fun. But yeah, I, yeah. I always liked it in your house. Um, yeah. It was a it was a little two hour pay per view, and there were tons I, of them. And then they eventually just got discarded. With uh, I want to say, um, either Rock Bottom or St. Valentine's Day Massacre, because they would still call it in your house, but they wouldn't have anything to do with the house. You know, they'd go, yeah. it'd be like Degeneration X in your house. You right. know, it. It was like Die Hard with a vengeance, you know, right. like like it was just like a cool way to say in your house. They would turn it into a sentence, essentially. I could see them doing something where like they would take a Smackdown on a Friday and make it a, a like a big event and call it an in your house. That actually sounds like a thing. Smackdown in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you could you could easily do it. You could build it up like it's a mini pay-per-view. Because we we know there's all this weird stuff going on with the network or speculation about what's the future of it, what's the future of pay-per-views and stuff. This is a way you could really you you bring you're bringing a lot of eyes, hopefully, because you're treating it like it's a like it's a big show and you're doing on network TV. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I I'm just That's shocked. A good idea. I'm I'm waiting for it to come back. It just seems like it's just inevitable at this point. But um, okay, this is my favorite portion. To ask my favorite question. To ask you. What we know the dates, July 1992. What was the number one movie for this weekend for July 12th? See if you can get it. Okay. Oh, yeah, um, as he pulls up IMDb. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't cheat. I do not cheat at movie trivia like a lot of those jackasses down at the kicking chicken. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's see here. Summer of '92. Summer of '92. It was um. Oh my god. I think I had another kid by now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, give me a hint if, if this is taking too long. Give me a hint. Okay. Um, this may be the beginning of the Tom Hanks run. And I mean the run of like, he's this guy's a really good actor. And it's also not a starring role as well. What the hell is that? And what it's I mean not, by starring not, is like he's not one of yeah. the top. He's it's not, not the top bill person. It's uh, what did he do in '92? Um, You're gonna, you know, this movie. We've talked about this movie before. What? So it's got Tom Hanks in 1992. Jesus, I feel like such an idiot. Um, it's not a starring role. Well, and again, what I mean by starring is like. He's definitely a supporting actor in the movie. He is he, like he is not the lead. 
I don't know. It's a league of their own. Oh God! That's why I wanted to clarify because, like, I know, like, he, he, I know his name is high up on the thing, but it's definitely not his movie. No, and no, he's um, he is so good in that movie. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I totally, yeah, I totally blanked on that. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's a that's a great movie. So that, um, that was uh, made, his second movie with Penny Marshall. Right. Right. And that's why I was saying, like, I think this is the one that really, you, like, you really take him seriously. Yeah, like, like he could do a serious role. Yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. his uh, first movie where he has a urinary problem. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> he would he would repeat that seven years later in The Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and then and then like two years later in Forrest Gump, he always has to pee when he drinks too much. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm Charlie. Let me buy you a drink. Did you know Tom Hanks had urinary problem in two movies? <laughs> Take me to bed. <laughs> oh, let me tell you about a little pay per view. It's called a uh, Beware of Dog. <laughs> it's funny you joke. This isn't that much of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's his game, folks. Hey, hey man, can I get game. another skirt steak over here? I'm working. <laughs> I'm working here, man. <laughs> all right, what about so, uh, music? <clears throat> uh, all right, so the n- number one U.S. song. In nineteen, I know this song. I'm just trying to... It'll be curious if you can figure out time and place. Well, hmm... Black or white? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I thought for a second you were like, the song? is it a... <laughs> I got you. No, it's not. It's not black. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> it's, um... You got, any, you got a guess besides that? Is it, is it a band or is it a pop star? It is definitely a pop-ish star, yes. Pop. Pop-ish star. More, um, yeah. Not a hmm. band. Um, I will always love you, Whitney Houston. It's Baby Got Back. <laughs> ah, pop star indeed. <laughs> uh, the knight himself, Sir Mix a Lot. I was close. I, I had the year right, I think. I, you know. <laughs> Number one in the UK, I'm not even asking you guess. It's Ain't No Doubt by Jimmy Nail. Mm-hmm. Number one in Australia. You know the song, I don't know if you'd guess this, Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Save the Best for Last? Yeah. I, 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 if it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, I do know that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, quick rundown of our champions. WCW champion is the Stinger himself, Steve Borden. Uh, the WCW US champion is Ravishing Rick Rude. The WCW Tag Team champions, as we'll come to find out. The Miracle Violence Connection. <laughs> what are they called? The Miracle Violence Connection, which I just keep thinking, do, do you believe in beatdowns? Yes! <laughs> the Miracle Violence... Okay, all right. Which is uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, the do NWA they ever call tag them team. that on the show? I... They keep calling them the Japanese team, which I'm like, they are? I do not recall hearing it on the show. I have heard, I remember when we did when we did do our last show, people mentioned 
I, I feel like this this moniker was used for them then, but I don't know again if it was used on television. Now, granted, these guys are from Mid South, so like they this may be from outside of WCW. It's sort of like when we see what's a good example. Um, okay, here's like, we know they're the Bullet Club, but they don't call themselves the Bullet Club. They're the OC, right? Yep. I, I, I'm going to put it in that same kind of yeah same kind of place. Um, we know that the uh, because it's the it's why we're doing this show or the NWA tag team champions are vacant. The TV champion is setting Steve Austin and the WCW light heavyweight champion. Give it up for him, folks. It's it's Brad Armstrong. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> yeah. so the Miracle Violence Connection defeated the Steiner brothers on the on a July five house show in Augusta, Georgia, to become the WCW World Tag Team Champions. Brad Armstrong defeated Scotty Flamingo at the July 5th house show to become the final light heavyweight champion. But um, we're going to have more on that at the next <laughs> at the next clash because we know, of course, that this division will come back, change forms over the years. But for right now, Brad Armstrong, coup de grace. There he is, folks. Um, WWF champion Randy Savage, Intercontinental Champion Bret Hart, Tag Team Champions Money, Incorporated, so that's our rundown well, here well, leading into. Better. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's great. Well, you know what's also good about it? It's three effing belts. That's it. Yeah, I <laughs> miss the days many... of three belts. Yeah, I, I love the AEW. You know, it's coming at some point. They're going to have another singles title, but it's just been kind of awesome that they've kept the belts pretty. Well, what pretty well, what are the AEW titles again? I mean, there's the world title. I'm pretty sure it's just world tag team and women's. There's no mid-card championship in AEW? No, not to my knowledge yet. Well, they have to have I'm missing that. something. Uh, like, you, you gotta have an IC or oh, US title. Like, I feel like they've, they've got to do the TV title. This is, yes! the, this is the time Bring to do it. Bring back the TV title. Yes. It's okay, we're to back to that. <laughs> yeah. oh, that would be so ti- cool. They love doing the, t- the, the time limits. It's a perfect time to have. The 15-minute time perfect. limit. Yeah. Yep. That yep. I'm a I'm a big fan of that idea. Yeah, because there hasn't been a TV champion. I what? Rob Van Dam? No, 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 no. He was the last it's good one. WCW. WWF never did it. WWF never had a TV champ. WCW did. I used to love the yeah. WCW TV title. Yes, it meant a lot. It really meant a lot <clears throat> for a long period of time. In fact, I, I would dare say like it it meant something. It's still I felt like it meant something all the way up until around 2000. Like it never really lost a ton of luster now i know there was some and when stevie ray gets the belt okay we know all right that's not or jim duggan finding it in the trash see there you go that's i mean when we start getting to that point but it it, up until that era man it still had some significance you know what i mean of course the nearest thing you could do is if there was a network exclusive and he was the wwe network champion oh yeah yeah, it's like that this match is cool. exclusively for the network, and it's for the network title. Yeah, that that's like the closest we have now. That'd be a lot better than that 24-7 thing. Yeah, or uh, what was it, Zack Ryder's internet champion, or what? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, whatever that, yep. Yeah, he's <laughs> only a champion in his mind, that kind of thing, yeah. All right, let's get to it. Open, opening video just hypes up the continuation of the NWA Tag Team Tournament, throwing in Sting versus Vader with a world title on, you know, on the line at the end of it. 
I'll be honest, man. This is just my opinion up front. This is a tough show. <laughs> this is a tough slog of a show to dive back into. It's, it's, it's really is unfortunate because it... I was really excited to get back. <laughs> and then it was like, guess what, Charlie? It's a tag team tournament. And just, oh, man. And... <laughs> oh, and, and the time limits make no sense. If the time limits all ex- all hit their mark, this would be like a five-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I. This was tough. I know. I know tournaments can be fun in wrestling, but these long these longer tag team tournaments, like we dedicate an entire episode, an entire Clash of the Champions to this tournament. Yeah, I we feel like we've done this three, before. <laughs> I know. All right, so. Tony and Magnum open the show talking about they'd go through the card. Uh, just to give you, we need to clarify that Nagami is out, Hashimoto is in. And if you don't believe that, folks, guess what? We've got footage of him at the optometrist getting his eye checked out, I guess. <laughs> Can we film in here? <laughs> what a random right. thing. Did we really need this to, 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 to make sure that the WCW fans, like, did anyone really care? Or, I love more it, man. So, it, like, it adds a stupid level of authenticity that I didn't know I needed. You know, it's it's it, 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 that's the kind of thing that when you'd see that as a kid, it would help reinforce, wow, this really is real. He really went to the doctor. <laughs> but it was probably just him filling his eye prescription, you know, like 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 to get new glasses. And they just went, yeah, it's busted. You know, I could see you could see Bill Watts. Be like, you know, I need to see a doctor's note, Mr. Nagami, to be able oh. to. <laughs> You got Bill Watts in there just stumbling over his words like he does through the whole freaking show. Uh, we go to Jim and Jesse at ringside. Jesse, awesome, Im- impeccable suit. Yeah, whatever that is, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, Sting is being considered the underdog as the champion against Vader. They go and throw it to Bill Watts and Eric Bischoff in the locker room. There's a lot of throwing it around before we actually get started. Now we have to go to the locker room where... We go to Watson Bischoff. Watts explains that if just to make sure you guys aren't thoroughly confused, we need to go through and clarify that there are different rules for different matches in the show. And this never comes up. No, I thought they were no. set. I thought they were planting seeds for a potential problem. Which I mean, no Va- seeds. Nope. Vader does Climate do something stupid in his match, <laughs> the, but yeah. uh, other than that, it was like, th- what, why are we even talking about this? Like, why does this matter? So just a, real quick, don't throw over the top rope in a tag team match and don't come off the top rope in the world title match. Do I have that right? Is that basically what the, he was saying? I thought that what they were saying was you can jump off the top rope in a tag team match because it's an NWA sanctioned match. Right. But you can't jump right. off the top rope in a world title match. Now, the thing that's weird about that is superplex off the top rope. Yep, that's fine. Knocking a guy off the top rope, yep. Knocking him over the top rope, that's fine, too. You just can't jump off of it. And I'm like, man, I would be finding ways around that shitty rule. <laughs> like, they're just there's so much room for error there. It, it, it's just WCW yeah. bullshit. We go to our first match, and it's a good way to start the card. You have Flying Brian and Jushin Thunder Liger. They're taking on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Nikita Koloff. Um... And you know, man, since it's it, we're rolling just the two of us, we can just kind of we can just kind of call it in the ring here with this, just talking about it. Tell me what you thought about this, like as a matter, like this this so, takes up a okay, decent amount of time. Right off the bat, uh, Koloff and Steamboat are the are like it's like a face versus face team. Is the way it's coming off, and man, Jesse Ventura just decides to make Koloff and Steamboat heels uh, with this comment. He goes, 
Yeah, I don't root for a guy like Koloff. You want to know why? He goes, why? Well, because he abused a lady. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Isn't it's this weird? weird? JR like, is trying to pivot from this comment. He's like, well, I, well, hmm, hmm. Well, I don't, uh, I don't condone that in any situation. But you know, it just yeah, he hit Medusa, and, and then Jr. just kind of throws in this little snide comment of, "What, well, what? Well, well, there is some question as to whether or not Medusa's a lady." Yeah, and because I, I was gonna say, cut to Raw, uh, the Raw Attitude podcast where Jim Ross says to China, "Hit her in the balls" or whatever he says. Like he, he, <laughs> he just is, he's completely condoning China getting walloped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like when Austin gives her a stunner or something, and yeah, he would just love it. Yeah, it's just, it's this really weird gray area that I, that I'm just kind of uncomfortable I with. Will, and <laughs> Jim Ross, this whole night, I feel like is always getting trapped and having to pivot out of things. There's a there there is a there's a point later on where, like, it, it is implied basically that Jim Ross is happy that Jesse Ventura is not gay. Yeah. For whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get to my notes on that because I, I got to recollect, but I do remember that. Mm. But um, I mean, this is a pretty good back and forth, and um, I, I it's it's honestly like I mean, it's you pick the right one to start off with. It's a shame that one of these teams has to go this er well still this early in the tournament that they're they're not gonna be able to go on until later. What I do appreciate was the finish because you know how many times this gets done nowadays and it doesn't pin anybody and it used to be like one of those spots that's like oh god don't roll th he's rolling through he's gonna get the pin i love the roll and that's through. yeah yeah the roll yeah. through used to be really exciting um yeah that a uh, big fan of that uh ricky steamboat he he does this thing with liger that i thought was really strange for his character uh steamboat's like going to town on pillman and then he just like sees liger and uh, maybe liger said something about his wife under his mask or something because steamboat like runs over to liger and just pulls him into the ring and there was no call for it at all and it's just like that's a real heelish thing to do <laughs> and and I, i'm sorry every time this match almost gets going koloff decides to do a chin lock oh god that uh, is a problem night the the chin lock is the bane of my existence on this show. Like the damn and, chin lock. And apparently no one can do it effectively because it doesn't end a single match. It, it never does, no. But I, you are right. All of a sudden, Ricky I mean, all of a sudden it becomes Ricky the jackass steamboat. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just pulls him in for a little merry go round. I'm like, oh no, all right. Like why would he do that? <laughs> would um so Steamboat Steamboat and Koloff get the win with Steamboat rolling through off the crossbody? Would you give this man? I gave this a six. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I that's that's what I had to at a six. I, I it's 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 fine. It's a good it's way to fun. start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And an even better way to continue on after a match like this is we cut to a Steiner's promo, oh, which is yeah. just. <laughs> it's like it, you're. I'm always really... rooting for Scott. I'm like, you can make it. Like, yeah. There's a finish line there. <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> and at the same time, they look just like, why are we here? We're not yeah. wrestling. Who gives? Who gives a crap? You know, and it is kind so, of a crappy thing. It's like you got this pay per view. The Steiners are there. The audience knows that they're there. And, uh, of course, the audience in 92 would want to see the Steiners wrestle. 
and yeah. we're not gonna get it. And it feels like it feels like we are gonna get it, like as a surprise, uh, mm-hmm. by the end of the show, and it just never happens. Right. It's so weird that like they've I mean we know they're on the way out. We clearly know it. I mean they they they've been beaten on a show, they've been beaten at a house show, they've had all their titles taken away. Like they they just kind of feel like they're getting I don't want to say they're getting buried, but it kind of feels that way because it just seems like we're clearing them out of the way to build up Williams and Gordy. So Yeah, they almost um, feel like a replacement. Like, here's your new dominant tag team. You know, I hope you like a lot of mat wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it is unfortunate because they are the one tag team that like they're they they do rest spots everybody does rest spots but man they always are like all right we've done enough resting time to explode with some suplexes and stuff. right and it's it's so exciting it's like you could i could probably pick some perfect 10 hell there's a perfect 10 i'm just thought of like with the steiners like like they have so many great matches yeah oh yeah yeah man i mean this this season alone this has been just what a run of, yeah, of, of tag team matches that they've had. They've been the stars of the season, I think. Uh, so to yeah. have to come back and have a show where they're not performing, and we know we're losing them soon uh, to to the WWF. Yeah, it's it's a little bittersweet. Well, up next, here's folks, your if favorite. You thought that we- <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I was a little surprised with this match. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, Hase and Hashimoto. Yep, are going to be taking are going to be taking on the fabulous Freebirds in the next round of the tournament. Ross is planning... I, 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 I love this cliche, and I know you love it too. We've joked about this before. Ross immediately is like, well, you know, the, the Freebirds, they were gang planning for Nagami. Um, <laughs> they've been watching film, and now all of a sudden, it's Hashimoto. Uh, so they may be a little thrown off. Yeah, I could see... I, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were sitting there with their VHS tapes, like just studying Nagami while they smoked a bunch of pot. I bet they did, Jim. I don't you love this whenever they talk I, about um, Well they've been The Freebirds don't really strike me as film watchers. <laughs> oh no. I, 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 that that cliche is so much fun in wrestling, where they treat these guys as if they're really like studying film. Like DDP is all in every DDP match, including the Goldberg one that you did mm-hmm. recently. Again, talking about him watching tape. It's always about DDP watching yeah. tape. Yeah, just destroy, <laughs> destroy. I mean, it's not that hard. Uh, you know, just get out of the way. He'll beat himself. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Um. Man, this is uh this. Yeah, you can go first. Yeah, the dive in. Um, here's what's weird: the Freebirds try to like wrestle. I don't know how to, that's the only way I can say it, but they really do try to wrestle these guys. And I I couldn't, I couldn't believe I wrote this. I was like, I'm actually giving them credit for trying to really wrestle, like, like take on a Japanese team with like holds and all this stuff. The problem is it's really boring. (laughs) It's really boring. And I, I, I hate to point this out. I really do. But I just... As we keep getting further and further along, I just keep thinking about all the weight that Michael Hayes is about to gain in the next three or four years. Yeah. You know? And he becomes a doctor. And then he becomes Doc Hendricks. Yeah, because it's like I always think about him here, and then I think about him interviewing Austin. 
at King of the Ring 96, and it, it looks like a completely different person. That was my introduction to Michael Hayes, was Doc Hendricks. Like, I had never heard of Michael Hayes when I was a kid, so, like, when I would come across these types of videos, be like, that's Doc Hendricks? It's like a completely different person. And then to see him try to be Michael Hayes with the Hardys, but he looks like Doc Hendricks, oh, is just man. absolutely pathetic. Oh. <laughs> I, that that was one thing, you know, when with where Rattitude Pod is in the timeline. I was like, oh yeah, this is that weird period where Michael Hayes, like, like they, they act like he's needed to get the Hardys over, and it's like, nah, yeah, man, what the hell was that man. all about? Yeah, because it's like we, we don't need. You. We love the Hardys at the time. Like, it, it never made sense to me. It's like, is, yeah. who who are we trying to get over here? The Hardys or Doc? It was all, it, it was what's funny is like it was the mirror of the brood. It was the same thing. Yes. It was almost like like we're, we're and it was like we we don't need this. Like we're, they they are good enough on their own for it. And you know. And it always felt like but, there was a real audience disconnect between uh, the WWF version of Michael Hayes and the audience. Like they did. Like even they didn't know who he was. Like nobody would pop for him. And it's it's funny because right. in WCW, Freebirds get massive pops on these old shows. You know, people love them, but once he hit WWF, it's just like you know, we we don't we don't know who he is. Because he's, I mean, honestly, like I hate to say it, he's pretty much like Road Dog. Yeah, Road Dog had like he had all this stuff that he came in with. He had all this kind of prancing around the ring. He had the stuff on the mic he would do, and then he had like four moves, and then he would just get killed the rest of the match until he tagged in Billy Gunn, and then it was over. His uh, his and, strong grapple joystick. Uh, <sighs> was fantastic though because he would do the three punches the juke and jive and then and that's the three count baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you do the was it the dog the doggy dog pump handle slam the, or whatever yeah 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 and, and he'd pump your ass a little bit yeah give you a little color and uh a pump handle slam yeah that was his move <laughs> no road dog i mean he was great on the mic he was fantastic on the mic actually but he was really lucky to be paired with billy gunn you know, because he was with Jeff Jarrett at first. That wasn't doing him any favors. Uh, but yeah. he, he did write that hit song, though. Right. He Credit where credit's due. So I'll give you that. Right, um, so. I do love this one thing that Jesse Ventura says in the match. Uh, Jesse Ventura, like, I like his commentating in WCW because it's, a, it's like center of heel where, you know, like, he won't go full, like, support the heel. He'll, he'll make – he always makes sense. Essentially, and he makes this comment about how the Japanese can just pretend that they don't understand the referee uh, when the referee is admonishing them for a rule break, and it's 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 that kind of stuff that I'm just like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, it's a great psychological way to look at a foreign wrestler, you know, and just be like, oh, you know, no longle, you know, that's Spanish, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. That's, As Jesse Ventura that's says, what Hase said, yeah, oh, no longle. <laughs> Yeah, like like Jesse said, uh, the Japanese language is hard. So, <laughs> um, I um, the, the one thing I love about this match, I I well, there's two things. One is Michael Hayes doing two those two really quick punches that that, that knocked mm -hmm. him down. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but I absolutely love the finish. I miss. Oh yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I I miss matches that ended with a Northern Light suplex. It's one of my favorite suplexes. And you don't see it much anymore. And it is a perfectly done version of the move. Uh, yeah. And that gets that the kick to the face to set it up. Oh, it stuns him. Yeah. yeah. Eat it. Yeah, <laughs> Eat it. Yeah, that's a good one. 
But uh, yeah. honestly, though, like with the exception of those two spots, yeah, this I, I didn't really care for this match, and I like the Japanese team. I like Hashimoto and Hase, but uh, I gave this a four. Yeah, I gave it a four as well, which makes it the highest rated Freebirds match I think I've ever given. This is the perfect 10 <laughs> of the four out of 10 Freebird matches. Of all of all the four great. out of 10 Freebird matches, this one's the, the least bad. <laughs> the, that would be great if the next series is, the instead of the perfect 10s, we have the four out of 10s. <laughs> the perfect four out really of 10s. Really mediocre. Yeah, just the, yeah. <laughs> this is the best mediocre match <laughs> you can get. There are such right. things. We shoot over to Tony with Bill Watts and uh, Matsuda from New Japan. Watts is carrying the NWA world title. The NWA world title is now, uh, there's going to be a tournament for that as well. That's going to be taking place in Japan in August in conjunction with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Watts is presenting the title to Matsuda to take back to Japan. But Watts isn't done, though. He says, and boy, once again, like the the way this guy navigates through words, I mean, it's just like, it's like he's in the movie, The Perfect Storm. And it's like, well, I got to get around this wave. Here it comes. Um, Fuck it. I'm just going to go up it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Look at that wave there. Oh, Oh, God. That's good. Is that like Wahlberg or Clooney? Or maybe that's Riley. Who is that? <laughs> Which one? I don't Maybe it's the Diane Lane who has like it's the Diane. worst. <laughs> oh. um, so he goes, it, Watts is saying, Sting owned a victory over Ric Flair. He says <laughs> Which it means twice. There, yes. <laughs> Which he says, therefore, they're going to have a match between the winner of the NWA tournament and then Sting, the world champion, to quote-unquote consolidate the title. I was like, I guess unify isn't part of the vernacular. We're just going to say, we're going to consolidate just, the belts. What I think is funny, it's like, wait a second, but you just got this title. Now we're going to just immediately... We're going to immediately downplay it and combine it. Yeah, it just... Isn't that weird, like, to use the word consolidate instead of unify? He's like, here is your consolidated yeah. champion. Uh, and just, it just doesn't have the same ring to it. And plus, I love that he's assuming that Sting's walking out of his match alive. This is exactly. This is something that, like, I, I love that they just throw it out there that fans are just to assume. Like, there's no explanation about why this NWA stuff is coming on. Like, why is this important? Why we're doing this tag team tournament? Like, obviously, we get it somewhat now, going and reading through the backstory, what Bill Watts wanted to do and bring in W. This feels like something, though, like, that should be explained more on camera to the audience to understand, like, why we care. Because. The thing is, like this NWA World Tag Team Title Tournament, just I I don't have a reason to care that much because I, I mean, quite honestly, we're watching WCW, so I care about the WCW World Tag Team Titles. I don't really care about this. You know what I mean? Well, I'm still confused uh, to this day as to why the NWA is still around, because I I mean I'm under the impression at this point that it's not that um that Vince has bought up everything and you know there's no such thing as as the territories really at this point anymore uh you, you know it's and NWA eventually becomes WCW I, I I I'm I'm confused by the whole thing it's not like NWA had its own thing going on like with television broadcasts and stuff like that so I don't really understand the point of all this Nevertheless, that's what, and it's like you said, they're implying that, oh, well, Sting will obviously come out of this the champion, and then they'll have the match uh, to, to to unify that. 
to unify those belts. So, you know, we'll see what comes of it. Uh, we know there's a lot of business that's going to get done between now and then, not just on this show. But um, up next, the combination of the United States champion, Ravishing Rick Rude, and the television champion, Stunning Steve Austin, being accompanied by Medusa, will be taking on Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. So another like high-profile tag match in this tournament. So tell me what you thought about this, man. There's a, I know there's a few things you can unpack, because this is a fairly long match. Yes, it is. Uh, I think um, I like this match. Uh, I think too much time is spent... On like like but like, it's a very unstructured match. Uh, there's too much time I feel spent on just working over Barry Windham. It feels like he's in that ring for an eternity, and finally um, he ends up tagging out. And what is it, Dustin? He does this move where he he like cracks his head on the turnbuckle. Yes, and this is what ends up being the downfall. And it looks awesome. Like, when they show it, it's like, oh, that looked good. And then WCW does their classic thing where they show an instant replay of Dustin hitting the turnbuckle. And you can clearly tell in slow motion and from the angle that they use that he completely misses the turnbuckle. So, (laughs) who knows where the blood came from? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, it's. I just feel like now, as we're preconditioned every time rick flair is in one of these matches we pretty much figure he's gonna bleed of i feel course. like either dustin rhodes barry Wyndham, or both are gonna bleed yeah every match. and jesse he he harps on a couple of things uh a little bit too much like um barry Wyndham's taped fist he brings that up and he's very upset about that and he's really trying to get over the the uh the tag team name of uh the texicans over yeah he says this a lot that's yeah, no one's no one's biting, and I no. was confused at first because I was like, I didn't know who he was talking about because he did it first in this match. I'm like, is he talking about Austin and and Rude? Austin's from Texas, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh wait, Rick Rude's from Robbinsdale. Never mind. Yeah, like I I had a moment there, but uh, as um so Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes pick up the win, and it's a it's a pretty good match, but uh, the one thing that I feel is a drawback is that I'm gonna have to keep hearing this same crappy song. Uh, over oh, yeah. and over, yeah. This bad version of Lagrange, uh, and right. that's just something you just have to deal with. I mean, it's it's. It, I don't know if it's the WCW version or the WWF like re-edit or whatever, but it's it's terrible. But I enjoyed the match. I gave the match a seven. Uh, I loved what we've gotten this sign before. I feel like the Medusa Room Two Sixty Nine Holiday yes, Inn keys yes. under the mat. Man, anyone can show up. Uh, you know my favorite part of my favorite part. I so that's the other thing I speculated on was like, did Seabass come to the door? Did somebody? No, you know, see, I hope uh, it's the the little Asian lady from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, goes easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the part that makes me laugh the most. Though, is if you look at the sign, he has the logo for WCW. He actually has the copyright logo beside it, which I was like, that's. <laughs> That's very generous. Make sure I get that. Yeah, got to make sure I get that detail in there. Yeah, it's just I don't want the sign to get taken away. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's a couple of weird signs out there. Uh, I didn't, I didn't bother to write any of them down, but I have remembered a, a couple of them. Uh, like there's one sign that's behind Jesse and Jim about 
how commentating with Jim Ross is taking away from Jesse Ventura's mayoral duties. <laughs> That's fine. I, I just, all right, all right. <laughs> um, there's one that says that Vader is a man, Sting is a woman. <laughs> I'm not making this I mean, up. It really, you gotta love. He really says that. I just, well, I, I mean, you, just, you gotta love just how. The the fans don't want to give they don't want any ambiguity. It's like this is how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly how we feel. Sting's a woman. Like, <laughs> There's no just... wordplay. This is the feud that just keeps on going. Yeah. <laughs> just not going to end. Yeah, because like, I feel like I've seen this match. Um, these two teams feuding. But but they've got you know, they've got good chemistry. Uh, I, I I really like I really like the way that they work together. Uh, Jim Ross, though, I love his speculation, though, where he says, I, I, you know, can Austin and Rude work together? They're singles champions. It's like, dude, they were in the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're in a stable. They will together. work together very well. And finally, clearly, this, uh, you know, because the game hadn't been made yet, but. This Jim Ross does not approve of the WCW NWO revenge technique of slam your opponent and then immediately taunt them like Rude does to win the Marines. <laughs> I hit Jim Ross is not a. I hit quick um, aim faster than you did. <laughs> yeah. This finish is wild because it's like they go to the replay cam, but there's no replay. It's like two angles of the lariat from the top rope. I was like. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> you get you get two angles of it. It's pretty good, you know. Obviously, every time Barry Windham goes to the top rope, like it's gonna it's gonna look rough, but it's gonna look like a good rough when he does it. Like it's a good, um, he pulls it off well. Uh, it is funny looking at the, the win. body types. You know, yeah. like Dustin and Barry yeah. a little bit on the heftier side. Austin's in really good shape, but then there's Rick Rude. You're just I can't, I can't get that comment out of my head now every time he takes his robe off and he looks the way he does where you told me that he bumped into Ric Flair once backstage <laughs> he goes, when he was the world champion and, and he goes, you're the world champion? You look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps following him around and just saying, you look like shit. You look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh man, I he is he is the best at at doing uh, anytime he gets like hit in the balls or he gets hit with an atomic drop. The atomic he drop. sells it better than yeah anybody. Yeah, he sells it like ooh yeah yeah <laughs> that weird little sell that he does. Yeah yeah, Rude was really good at that. Wyndham and Rhodes get the win. What did you give this match, man? I gave it a seven. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I had that too. I have oh it in the seven as well. This I might really... be a first. <laughs> I know we're on our way. <laughs> um, again, though, it's disappointing because you're like, crap. One of these teams, like now, Austin and Root are out. So you're you're in the back of your mind. You're like, well, all right. So you got the Japanese team, and you know that there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of personality there. Nothing really exciting. You've got okay. You've got Steamboat and Koloff. Cool. Mm. All right, and you've you've got. Um, You've got Wyndham and Rhodes, and you're like, oh, you need right. the Steiners in yes. here, right? Because there's right, no real right. team course, to pull for, at least on on my end. You know, it's like I didn't really care who won any of the matches, uh, and I, and I love Austin and Rhodes, so that probably would have been my team. 
But um, right, like even like from a crowd standpoint, like your big face team is Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham, and yeah, eh, it's and I'm not even saying that from like a judgmental standpoint. I didn't, I don't really think Dustin at that point was there yet. Like he, he's still man, he's, I, he's still mimicking Dusty a lot. He's not really yeah. his own wrestler. He's not the natural yet. I'm just continuously impressed. The way that guy gets in on a hot tag is really good. Dustin? Like, he can clear Dustin. Yeah, yeah. he moves he fast a ring. for a bigger guy. Like, and, and believe it or not, like, I still think he moves fast. And I'm like, that dude's like 50 years old now. Uh, yeah. I, like, overall, yeah. I think Dustin Rhodes is a very underrated wrestler, especially with what he could do with character work, um, like with the Gold Dust character right. and stuff like that. And yeah, he's one of those guys that's on that very short list of greatest wrestlers to never win a world title. Definitely. Yeah, and I'm, and 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 still putting over people. Which still is putting over people, you know, and it still matters because of yeah. of of how much uh, cloud and longevity he's had in the career that he's had. Yeah. So um, we now go backstage where we have Bischoff. With Vader and Harley Race. And the whole, the crux of this is Vader is the uncrowned champion. And it's just like, this guy is coming to kill Sting. Is basically the the, the theme of this promo. And you, you kind of believe it. <laughs> I mean, you very much believe it by the end of this promo. <laughs> Although, poor Harley Race. Like, just not 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 the strongest <laughs> promo. Why is Harley <laughs> talking for Vader? Like... I know. That's the part that I don't understand. It's just like Vader can say ten words and get the point across beautifully, and Harley Race is just like, like he has this one line that's like okay, and then he ruins it. He says the next world champion is standing right here before you, and then the and then he's Eric Bischoff starts taking the microwave the, the microwave the microphone away from him. <laughs> he starts taking the microphone away from him, and then he he, he just kind of like taps Vader and goes this man. This man. And <laughs> just like, oh, no shit. Um, yeah, it, it it it's exciting. Like, I mean, to, to think now, like, because remember when we started the season, like Vader's this guy who just kind of pops up on a show, not not even close to the final mask and everything. And and um, even when we saw him wrestling with 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 Bam Bam against the signers, we were like, it's still not final form Vader yet. We're like, this guy's going to be just an absolute terror in the ring and now we're here we're actually yeah, gonna man. get it and it's it's gonna be wild all right so i love this you know this is a different era folks we're getting a plug for halloween havoc which is three months away oh right <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's why i, I get next... lost sometimes as to what month we're in when it's just like for our right. next pay-per-view and i'm like oh so we must be in september no 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 <laughs> you're in july <laughs> <laughs> right we um we go to our next match now. It is Steamboat and Koloff coming back now to face the team. They got a bye. We learned this, remember, at the Clash of Champions. Mm-hmm. They're taking on Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, the Miracle Violence Connection. Beautiful. Do you believe in potatoes? <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and we also, they are the WCW tag team champion so man they really just buried the steiners like let's just say it again they they beat they knocked him out of this tournament and they took their world title belts yeah 
pretty wild. <laughs> All right, so what do you think of this man? It's okay. Uh, there's, you know, um, I hate to sound like one of those fans. I really do. But um, I, I know that Matt wrestling, that little, that amateur style of like, we call we just call them rest holds. But like, there is a certain sect of the old territories that where this was professional wrestling. And um, it's, it's a very early 80s, like maybe late 70s style. And I, I, I'm just not a big fan of it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of it in this match. And you've really only got one truly exciting wrestler in this match, and that's Ricky Steamboat. And I feel like he doesn't have much to do, because I, I, I think this is basically my introduction. This whole season has been my introduction to Nikita Koloff, because uh, I wasn't watching WCW back then, and I just find him utterly boring. So... Like, when he goes up against um, Gordy and Dr. Death, I feel like it's just the same old, same old, like, it's the same kind of styles. And so, you, you have to put up with a lot of the mat wrestling. And granted, it's, it appears to be effective, because, like, these are two really big guys. And it's believable that, that they could be a terror in, in the tag team division. It just doesn't make for very exciting wrestling, I don't think. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like, I mean, and I think this really does bring up this conversation where, like, nowadays there is such there there is such anger about how how wrestling is done with the spots. It's a spot fest, and da 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 da, and people need to slow down. And I feel like there are there is definitely a group of those really loud fans that just seem to have blinders on to the fact that. Years ago, it was the reverse, where it just we just got into these just moves. We're just going to get on the mat and just lay here for a while, right. and this is considered good. And it's like, wait a second, like, like it, it is funny how as much as people want to go back to the way things were, it's like things were weren't, weren't awesome all the time either. No, you know, it, it's, it's like n- it's like Saturday Night Live. You know, like everyone thinks that oh, it's not as funny as it used to be, and I'm like, <laughs> I own those first few seasons. Like, not every sketch was a home run. It's just remembered that way. And it's yeah. it's the same way with pro wrestling. Uh, me personally, I do prefer the, like, if we're talking like the super, like, ricochet type matches, I definitely prefer the Dr. Death type stuff. But I always thought I was more in the middle. Uh, like, a great example of a match with rest spots and high-flying stuff that isn't unbelievable, and I've, I did this for a perfect 10, is Bret Hart versus Owen. Like, it has the yeah. perfect mix of all of it, of old school versus new school, it, to, to the point of where it's still believable. Uh, but it, it, I'm with Do you think we can get to a point where we're like, we think we can finally, like, admit that, like, maybe they did a lot of rest holds because they weren't in great shape all the time. They didn't have great conditioning. They were, there was such an emphasis oh, dude, on... There's a there's a point where Terry Gordy um, literally gets tagged in the ring... And then he immediately gets like knocked down with like a double headbutt or something with Koloff or something. And I just I was just watching his, him breathe, and it looked like right. like he was struggling, like like he was breathing really hard. And like he was out of the ring for like two or three minutes, came in with a tag, got knocked down immediately, and he's breathing like that. So uh, you might have a point there. I, I and it's it's not I'm not trying to bury one generation 
and and prop up another but it's like let's look at this objectively and and realize that like they're both just as flawed as the other it just depends on it honestly it 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 depends on how open of a mind it is that you have coming into it because it's really easy for old school wrestling fans to just immediately scoff at what is seen today. Whereas also it's just as easy for younger fans. Now, if they watch WrestleMania one, they're like, this sucks. Well, they'd be right. This is not good. <laughs> and, and, but that's, and I mean, I agree. I, Even when I was a kid, a, I was not like, a fun what is this? That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I just, I just wish there was just a little bit more like of a, of a pause that people would put before they just start railing against these things. And they just realize that like, you know, none of these generations are absolutely perfect. Like clearly, I mean, like we watched like late nineties raw, like the era we really loved wrestling. Some of these matches would last 50 seconds. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they would, <laughs> they'd sure. barely get in there and do anything before there'd be some weird finish or whatever. But, but you know, at the time it, it, it was fine. And I mean like th- that, it does come down to like the best wrestling is really a combination of different types of matches. And I don't mean literally like oh, a singles match, a tag match, a gimmick match. It's like different, just your different types of pacing. And that's where it's, it's, it's fun not to have an NXT where everyone is a homogenized right. wrestler well, that knows. There's, there's a, if the wrestling isn't up to par, like to, to your standards, the best thing that you can have to fall back on is the character. And, that's that that's where i think it's really lacking today you know because it's like to me every wrestler that's in nxt even in wwe it looks like the like like it's it's a guy with a beard Uh, and they and to me they all look the same like everyone has long hair and a beard and it's just like oh it's it's seth rollins versus roman reigns i'm like well long hair beard yeah it's everyone has this kind of game of thrones look to them Right. And, uh, and I just find that incredibly boring. It's like, cause if, if everyone looks the same then, then what the hell am I interested in? So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So at least like these four guys, they look somewhat different to each other. You know, it's like, and, and yeah. you have an emotional pull with Ricky Steamboat, you know, cause I mean, <clears throat> cause I, I grew up watching that guy. So, you know, at least you have that, but I, I, I do agree. Like I do like the, it's the, you need to slow down and and work it out but it there comes a point where it's like nah this is a little too slow because as as we will see later on i feel like because I, I couldn't help but think about king of the ring 93 with brett and brett mm-hmm. he wrestles bam bam bigelow mr perfect and uh razor ramon and he wrestles three completely different matches each time and they're all great at the very least and I feel like Dr. Death and Terry Gordy wrestled the same three matches. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they don't change it up at all. It's like, no, we're, like we got to do the exact same thing. Now, the quick tags are interesting. Um, we didn't mention that. The, they're tagging in and out like I used to with a buddy of mine when we used to play World Tour. Uh, tag out like every 30 seconds or every minute. Keep keep the guy fresh. Keep, keep the guy loose. Uh, like, I think that that helps a little bit because it's, it's not just one guy in the ring the whole time. And, and there's this air of uh, unpredictability that comes with that, that I really enjoy. But, um, yeah, like that's, it, it, it can only help a match so much. Two things that work against this entire card are when there are only so many ways you can do a tag match. 
there's just not a lot of there. It it in the end, a tag match always has to kind of boil down to the same format, and that's that's tough to then duplicate and have that have a a substantial amount of tag matches on a card. And then two is it's three hours, so I'm sure that it, it makes it hard when it's like, all right, you guys are gonna go out there and you got to give twenty minutes, and it's like, well, what are we gonna do for twenty minutes? And it's like, like a couple minutes of action, rest, a couple more minutes of action rest and i get it that that is a hard part and that's something that like it, it needs to go back to the wrestlers in terms of praise is being able to figure out how to how to fill this time because i know there's only so much you can do oh very and true. that does make it hard no and that's yeah. why like it in in the end it's like was there a different could could we have had a couple singles matches or other matches maybe have fewer tournament matches and, and to that way make this card a little like this show a little more digestible because by the end of this you can look at the crowd they're dead they're absolutely dead. two things one wwf kind of figured this out later on with the king of the ring where we'll we'll have the quarterfinal matches on raw that way there will only be two matches or sorry three matches uh on the actual pay-per-view the two semi-final matches and the final so they could break up the monotony a little bit and yeah. I liked it, and I didn't like it because I liked I liked the idea of the like the Bret Hart King of the Ring or the Owen, but like that's one way to do it. But that's not what we got here. And so like when you have seven matches on a card and six of them are tag matches, and a lot of them are the same guys over and over and over again, yeah, it tends to kind of run itself into the ground. And that's not to say there aren't things in this match that I don't like. There, there are a couple of moments in this match that I was really happy with. Um, for instance, uh, Dr. Death, he covers Ricky Steamboat, and I had to rewind to make sure that this that this is what happened, because I've never, I, I, I think I've seen this before, but it's been a long time. He covers Steamboat, and the ref doesn't count it. He makes Dr. Death leave the ring because he knows that Dr. Death isn't the legal man. Like, right. like that's a great continuity with rules. And then Jesse Ventura, once again, he has this comment that I never really thought about this before with tag matches, where Jim Ross asks him, you know, it, is it actually a disadvantage? to be on the ring apron waiting to get tagged for a long time. And Jar goes, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, like the like yeah. a guy that's standing on the ring apron, you know, he just kind of stands still the whole time, you know, he, his, his joints tighten up and stuff like that. Like, that's really cool. That's a great way to look at it. So the, the finish, um, Ricky ends up taking like a pretty badass, like, I mean, it looks rough. It's a, it's a, looks like a spine buster. Oh, you're going to take Oklahoma. it. <laughs> stampede that's what it looks and like it's a it's a clean win for dr death and, and and bam bam um i gave this a four i feel like that may be too high where did you put this i i no i gave it a five okay so i okay. think that's fair um can, what one last thing can we talk about terry gordy's uh stf the uh oriental oh, yeah. twist <laughs> yeah i like that name that's a lot but i still don't know what an stf is so, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Oriental Twist. I thought that was a, an interesting name for that move. Not as good as STFU, but... Uh, no, yeah, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just never forget the area of Cena doing it. It's like there's no pressure being applied. That's Oh, where he would just lean uh, forward the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to pull back, you know? Like, it actually looks quite comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it was the submission equivalent of Edge's Spear. Oh man! <laughs> Let's just cuddle for a minute, there, buddy. 
All right, so that brings up our next, uh, I guess, semifinals match here. It's it's Hase and Hashimoto taking on Wyndham and Rhodes. And this one doesn't go as long. It only goes about, it just goes right at like 15 minutes. But It feels I'm, twice um, as long. It does. <laughs> it certainly does. And um, I don't know, man. I, I, I know there's probably a lot that could be said about this at the same time. Like, I just, I don't know. I can't say a damn thing. I've only got one note. I I, okay. I don't even remember it. Like this is clearly the worst match on the card, uh, based on my rating. Uh, I I, I like the spike pile driver. I yeah. have to write it down. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's it. Uh, I gave I, I'll just I gave this a three. Um, that's that's and that's exactly what I have. I I put a three. I did. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm, I just I'm don't think. Crazy. I mean, like, I think you kind of felt after you saw Bam Bam and Gordy go, and I'm, I'm sure you pretty much thought once Wyndham and Rhodes won that, like, well, I guess no, so no, no. Once the the Miracle Violence connection won, you're like, okay, well, they've got to have the faces in there. It's got to be Wyndham and Rhodes that have to win this. So it just became one of those matches where you're just like, I know where this has to go. Can you just get there a little bit quicker, please? Because, and. Uh, and again, like just kind of, I, I mean, this crowd, God love them. If they, if they're still, I mean, they're they really are, they really are some WCW fans because nowadays this would get eviscerated on Twitter. That, that's what I wanted to mention. Media. I'm glad you brought it back up. This is a very patient crowd. Like they 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 they, they don't turn on these matches. I don't hear any boos. There's a crying baby in the front row who never seems to absolutely lose his shit. I miss the baby. I think I miss that, but that's funny that there is one. You miss the baby? Oh, it's right. It's right on the hard cam, right in the front row. There's a baby that's sitting in, in like somebody's lap, and he's just there's, they literally are bouncing the baby like the entire show. And I kept waiting for something to happen. I think the baby screamed in the guy next to the next to him's ear, and he just kind of made yeah, his face. I, I've never <laughs> been able to, to get. But yeah, uh, I, I've like, never been able to do that with my kids. It's got to be standing and bouncing. There's no sitting. That that guy's God love him, right. but that is a fail. Like it's just not going to work. <laughs> I don't know how the baby stayed that well behaved. Yeah, because it's just like, well, we can yeah. sit, but it's only going to last about a minute. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Then you're going to have to get up and walk around. They never take. They never pick the baby up and walk around. And this kind of became a distraction at one point, but. Uh, as I said, like yeah. even the baby was patient with the pay per view. So, and the before we, well, well, so you gave this a three. Before we get into the next match, because I, I wanted to ask you this, uh, do you think? I mean, I know this whole pay per view is based on this tag team tournament, but do you think that match should have gone on last? Are Are you talking about like you're talking about the the tag team title tournament final going on last, right? Right, right. So, so the next match is the world title match, and then the match after that is the final match on the card, which is the end of the tournament. Yeah, you know, it's just that's a tough it, call because they both have the same anyone, ending in a way. They have the exact same ending, but here's the thing: people actually like Sting. Right. So, like, even me, I was just kind of emotionally checked out. Yeah. After yeah. the Vader Sting match, especially considering, and I'll, you know, not to bury the lead here, but how good the Vader Sting match is. Yeah. You know, it was like. Uh, I, I'm good. I don't need to see any more of this. Yeah. Uh, that's okay, yeah. That's I thought a, that was a bad call. And it's again like this whole show feels like it's it's battling uphill the whole time. 
because you just said there's so many things up against it. And it's like, are we, I guess we're putting the, the NWA thing last because we have to establish that this is important, even though it just doesn't feel like, it still doesn't feel important because Je- neither Jesse nor JR can explain, like, if I'm a tag team and like we're really trying to emphasize kayfabe here, like, if I'm a tag team, why do I care more about this than the WCW World Tag Team titles? There's nothing. And that's why it's just, it's weird that like we're putting this on last because we need to make sure you all feel this is important. When you could pretty much just tell us, uh, give us a reason like on commentary or through an interview, a promo, whatever, that these things mean something. And that just doesn't happen here. And it's unfortunate because you're right. Just like so many pay-per-views that have had the same result where there is a match that's not the main event that's absolutely stellar and totally like takes all of your energy and you have to have whatever's left for the next match, which most of the time is, it, it's not. This is this it's is Triple H versus Jericho, right? This is Russell, or I was gonna say WrestleMania twenty five. Like, like this is oh after- hell, that's a better example. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're all done after Michaels and Taker, and you might as well just pack it up and go home because uh, you're not gonna right. get anything good after that. But um, what? Uh, Real quick, what do you want to say? Because up next is the interview with Ron Simmons. And we probably should mention, like, this is... We probably need to do something with this for the podcast. We need... Because this match is out there. Because it doesn't happen... Like, we know that Ron wants a title shot. That's the whole big thing here is we're building up the next face with this promo. Right. We know he's going to have the world title match. And it is one probably the signature match of this year. Oh, we... I've always thought we would combine that match with whatever show is next so i was thinking maybe Um, we could do two things one we could do another one of those pods where we have the we watch the match together and have a commentary with it yeah 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 this time we haven't done that in a while we could post the match to twitter and just let that exist there on the pin side as a pin tweet and then do Uh we could do a mini episode just talking about that match just the same way we did the steiners one yeah, I'd be very cool with that. Okay, because uh, I, I actually am a I'm, I'm a big fan of the Ron Simmons Vader match. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I've seen it a couple times. It's a it's a solid match, and that that little kid in the front. Oh yeah, uh, is one of the greatest fans. Uh, he comes running uh, uh, off the side of the camera, and like he makes it from like the middle of the arena all the way to the front row by the time the three counts. Yeah, is. it's absolutely <laughs> awesome. They need to yeah. find that kid. You know, yeah that that kid is awesome. I mean, he's so excited to see Ron Simmons win. Yeah, uh, it's a it's one of it's one of the signature WCW moments. Yes. Uh, for me. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I well we'll work it out. We're not sure when that would drop, but I wanted to plant scenes for that because I think that would be something really neat and fun to do. Because we did it for that Steiner's match in Japan. It'd be cool to do it again for something like this. But that's yeah. But oh, absolutely. Any, do you have any other comments for the, about the promo, other than that? The Ron Simmons promo. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what they're what they're trying to do with Ron. Because right. it's like, yeah, they're definitely angling him for a main event, but this feels like the Lex Express without the bus. Yeah, very sometimes. good, great comparison. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it you know, because they've got him, you know, in the previous shows we've seen him go to the schools and talk to the inner city youth. You know, and, and and giving really inspiring speeches. You know, I came from the same place you did and blah, blah, blah. And then he comes up here and it's maybe it's just the fact that it's uh, it's a wrestler, 
the size of Ron Simmons wearing a suit. Like it, it like it looks a little weird to me. But you know, because I'm like, well, why are they having him put on a suit? Right. You know, it's like the Steiner brothers are here in the same capacity. They're not wearing suits. You know, and and they're major over faces. Um, and I I don't I don't really see why they're why they have him doing that. But other than that. I'm a big Ron Simmons fan, and and I and I and I couldn't help but remember, you know, it's funny. Like whenever he comes back to WWF, like for like a little segment or something, he's never Farouk. He's Ron Simmons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like they've come. It's like they've retconned the Farouk name, the Farouk character. Right. Uh, which honestly, like with the well, I I love the Nation, but after a certain point, he should have just been Ron Simmons. I mean. Yeah, I remember like when he first came to WWF and and he was angling for a WWF title match and yeah. he had that <coughs> he had that racist storyline where he was talking about you know I don't get a title shot because I'm black. I remember that interview with Vince McMahon in the ring and it was like oh this could be interesting and then they never did anything with it. Yeah, uh, and and a lot of people say that it's because of The Rock that he beat you know, the, the the nation was for Farouk. But then The Rock got in there, and he became the breakout star, at, almost at the expense of Ron Simmons. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely excited to to get to that match. I, but in terms of the promo, it's just I'm not sure exactly what it is they're angling for in terms of how they want us, the audience in 1992, to see Ron Simmons. Yeah, um, I, I just the only thing I'll say real quick is like it, we've just been stalling with Ron. It feels like since Halloween Havoc '91. Like yeah, have, when he fought Luger. Yeah, I mean we we saw him. Yeah, we saw him do that weird that that thing with uh, Junkyard Dog against Cactus and Abdullah that didn't really seem to go very far. And then other than that, like we've seen him win some matches on some pay per views that kind of keep him relevant. Otherwise, but it just seems like we've been waiting and waiting to for him to do something, and now we're gonna get it in a big way too. So it, the good thing is we know it does pay off. It does pay off. I mean, I, I just wish it had been on a pay per view, you know, because uh, I think it was on. It was just on regular WCW television. I can't even remember what show it would have been. I, I don't think it was a Saturday night. Right. No, it's uh, um. Yeah, cause, I, that's the thing. I can't tell you the show off top of my head, but I know obviously it's. But I know it was on TV. Yes, it is on TV, but it I wasn't a clash. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Think, yeah, yeah. It, it just and WCW Saturday Night like that was the show. Like right. I would watch it every Saturday after Captain Planet, you know, and uh, that that wasn't on that. So I I just I just remember that it was on TV. So let's get into this, man. The world title match next: Sting defending against Vader. I think this is basically Rocky Three. This is Clubber laying Rocky One. This is the first. <laughs> that's that's the that's the way I like to think of this, where it's like Sting kind of getting in over his head, not really. Probably understanding sure. what he's he's going to be dealing with with an absolute killing machine. T- tell me your thoughts on this. Uh, this is quite good. Uh, it's definitely the match of the card, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Sting. There are some guys that you can match Sting up with, and it j- and it doesn't work. And then there are guys that you can do it with, and it just it it comes off looking amazing. Sting does a back suplex to Vader, and it kicks off this incredible series of offense from Sting. And Vader sells it very well. And Sting 
is able to finally get him out of the ring. It's a great little series of moves, and and the crowd is just absolutely amped. Uh, and the and for the most part, the match kind of carries this this kind of feeling. Um, there is a weird shot that Jr. and Jesse take at the WBF. I don't know if you caught that. No, um, what was that? There's a mention of uh, bodybuilding, and Jr. Jr. mentions bodybuilding for some reason, and then Jesse goes, "Well, we all know there's no money in bodybuilding." Oh, uh, gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, "Ouch." Yep. There's that. Uh, it was really cool seeing Vader do a scorpion deathlock on Sting. <laughs> yeah. Like, it almost feels improvised. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I've got you here. Yeah. So. He locks him in there. Uh, Sting does an awesome German suplex to Vader and actually manages to bridge it, uh, which, I mean, this is dangerous. Like, you could eat, a guy the size of Vader could easily just crush your head. And um, That's the good thing about how athletic I, he is, how much a jump he could give Sting. Yeah, he, he, it's all Vader. Yeah. Like, like Vader has to try not to kill him. Um, Sting... Goes for the stinger splash and ends up hitting his head on the turnbuckle. And, and and this is after Sting has just, like, done a great comeback. And, like, I miss the kind of matches like this where... Because I can't think of too many recent uh, different takes on this idea, but you have a guy who just seems like he's in complete control and the crowd's just going crazy, and then he makes one mistake. And it doesn't end the match, but it's the beginning of the end. Like, they can never quite recover from it. Yeah. Um, Sting, you know, cracks his head. Uh, oh, man, maybe I maybe I mistook this. Because uh, I have the instant replay thing written here, too. Uh, instant replay shows that Sting didn't come anywhere near it. Who cares? Um, like, Vader does this just brutal, brutal-looking powerbomb. On, on Sting, and bef- like as soon as he hits, it's just like, oh, there's no way he's kicking out of that. And the deflation of the audience, you know, just it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Undertaker Hogan Survivor Series '91. Yeah, yeah, where it was Good like, comp. I didn't think it would end like this. Mm-mm. And Vader's just showboating. And my favorite moment of the match is actually the aftermath because Nikita Koloff comes to the ring to help Sting, and he's wearing flip flops. <laughs> he's wearing flip-flops and this is like a thing in pro wrestling like we've seen this before like that time when you know, wrestlers in flip-flops but in you know the rest of their costume like the, the most recent version i could think of is when we saw rusev do it yes and i i've, I've never really been able to look at him the same because i'm just like you you look like a goof yeah <laughs> just you know, it's like like imagine seeing Vader wearing flip flops coming to the ring. <laughs> like, you know, it's just this this big mastodon, this terror, and you know, this monster heel, or even Brock Lesnar. It's just there's something about flip flops that just don't make they make you look a little weak. Uh, so I got a great kick out of that. But uh, I lo- I love this match. This was fantastic. I g- I gave it a seven and a half. I'm a little bit higher at eight, but I've, I, sure. echo, I, I I struggled with it. I echo your same sentiments about it. I think that, um, I, I mean, it's the worst. It's, what's, here's what's funny. 
The best thing that can happen in wrestling is when the face overcomes and finally wins the belt. And the worst thing that can happen in wrestling is when the face wins the belt. Because it's just right. sort of like like the storylines. Yeah, like it's it the the storylines just get really narrow at that point. Like there's there's not as much action or sometimes there, there's not as much fun in watching the the hero, you know, hold off and may, and retain the belt. The ch- the it's always in the chase. It's wrestling's always been about the chase. That's what's always been about. Well, right. We've talked about this before. Like, yes, I've, I've I've always thought like the one true exception was Austin's first title run. Yes. Um, like for some reason, like from and and not not including the bullshit at King of the Ring '98, but from WrestleMania 14 to Breakdown, yeah, because yeah, it was you know because he was going against something that was bigger than the title, and that was Vince, and 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 Vince doing whatever he could to get the title off Austin, like that was truly compelling stuff, and that's like the one exception because other than that, I agree with you. It's just like once you got the title, it, it's just. Where where do you go from there? You and know, it's, 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 what's crazy, man, is like once again, Sting, like it, it, as iconic as he is, his title reigns are not marked with like a, a a ton of length, and b like a ton of real stuff to grab onto and talk about. Like this is a great match. This is the end of the reign, though. Like we, you know, we he had the match with Cactus. We liked it. There wasn't a lot else though in this run. You know, with him having the world title, other than he feuds with a dangerous alliance, but that doesn't, that's not like, you know, he, it wasn't like he was going up against one big guy in there the whole time. You know, he was just kind of fighting off the whole right. faction, it seemed like. So that's why, like, you know, it, it, it just, it's one of those things now. The, the more it happens, the more it just makes sense that, like, it's just hard for a baby face to, it's really hard to find a compelling, a compelling run for baby faces champion. It's a difficult, thing and this was it's kind of becomes again the best thing that can happen because now you've got this unstoppable monster as the as as the champion and the good thing is this show at least plants a seed that maybe there's a guy like ron simmons that can come along and dethrone him but at the same time the one thing this show does really well is you kind of have some doubts if you're just if you're not playing the result here and you're just looking at in the time period it's not any kind of it's it's not a slam dunk that Ron Simmons could win that belt based on how he just destroys Sting in this match. Right. So and how WCW treated Ron Simmons in the past. I like yeah. your Rocky Three idea. So if if this is Rocky Three, then then this is like the alternate ending where instead of Rocky getting the rematch, it's Apollo Creed that right. being Ron Simmons. Right. right. You know, going. You know what? I can do this and going in and, and taking care of business. Yeah. Because it's that would have been cool too. Like so, because it's like you get a lot of officials that come to the ring, and you get Nikita Koloff. I think that's it. Like it would have been interesting if Ron Simmons went to the ring. Oh and, my God! See, and this is how it, to go back to what you said. If when you ask how do you close the show, you close with this, but you close with Ron Simmons standing off with Vader. Because then you're like, yes, okay, we have something we can yeah. hold on to, we can be happy about. His fans, because guess what? The next match, you're not gonna have anything really happy to hold on to. <laughs> yeah, like, like, gotta give WCW credit. Like, they give the fuck you to the fans twice. Uh, just like you're not going home happy. You know, just like like WCW actively hates their fans. Right. You know? <laughs> just, this is well, all the heels won. This is amazing. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to oh, say man. about Sting Invader? Um, 
No, I, I wish there were. I wish they ha- had more matches because uh, I, I just, I absolutely just love the chemistry that, yeah. that uh, the two of them have together. Like, like even like in the match card, like having those two guys standing next to each other, it just looks like something that you want to see. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's almost like uh, I get the same feeling from these two as I would get from Hogan and Andre. You know, it's just like this guy's big, but this guy's bigger. You know, I, it's just I'll be excited yeah, to compare their next their next one their next time going head to head to this and see how well it holds up. I'm just curious because we've just seen that before. Like when we talk about Angle and Austin, they had that spectacular SummerSlam match. But then like oh, each match right. after that just got like a little bit worse. Progressively worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to where finally like it vengeance or whatever, it's just like mm, it's just <laughs> it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough little fifteen minutes or whatever they give that. Probably not as tough as this next uh, 21 minutes that you get, which is the NWA Tag Team Title Finals between the Miracle Violence Connection and Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes. So, Well, there's a little interview thing in between with um, Vader and Eric Bischoff. And, right. uh, and then there's Tony Schiavone and, and Magnum TA. Can we talk about Magnum TA <laughs> here for a second? Like, <laughs> he, like, he just always looks bothered. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it looks yeah. like he's, like, he doesn't want to talk on the microphone like when Tony's about to hand it over to him. And he says the most bland bullshit statements. You know, this is, like, I remember, like, looking at old footage of Magnum T.A. before the car accident, like, when he was, he was supposed to be the uh, the WCW or the NWA version of Hulk Hogan. And um, if you look at him in the ring, I mean, he looks like a million bucks. I, I He was a re- really good worker. But then he starts talking, and it's like, oh, there it is. You know, just, like, this guy might have had a ceiling. <laughs> That's why, like, uh, I, I I, don't like when people automatically think that, like, he was going to be, like, they, they say he would have been as big as Hogan. I'm like, are you kidding me? The car accident changed his promo. Like, his promos were, were bad before. Like, I yeah, mean, <laughs> they're, it, not, it, they're not dude, very it, good. It's the... It's the dying young, at, dying at 27 right. by, by a drug overdose thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they were the greatest artists. And it's like, bull fucking shit. You know, it's just, I I hate that kind of worship that, uh, that you know, it's it's like the the romanticism of a life cut short or, or a career cut short, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean. And, I, and it's applied to Magnum TA, Yeah, you know. You know, yesterday he could in the have XFL had great game, matches. Uh-huh. What's that? He could have had great matches, like sure. with Sting or with Ric Flair. You know, like down the road. But the the promos for me, like that, is a huge part of it. Like you can be the shittiest wrestler, but well, if you know how to talk and engage an audience, yeah. Like you, like look, look at the Ultimate Warrior. Look at him. Yeah. Like, like you just like that's all character. And and if you put them in the ring with like the one or two guys who can get a good match out of them, like you're gonna have a great match. Yeah, but his and that's why his world title run is just abysmal. Like with the exception of the rude yeah. match, the rude cage match is all right. Yeah, I, I like that one. There's just mm-hmm. it's it's not very good because there's there there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't enough dimension to it. Yeah, I mean that that yeah. whole I mean because here's the thing like Ron Simmons yeah there's it's gonna be a great moment. But his reign is really short. Like it's yeah. It I don't does. think it makes it to havoc. No, right? it doesn't. No, no. I don't think it does. House show attendance must have plummeted. Ex- and that's that's what I heard because I remember asking Mooneyham about that, 
years ago, like, why did it not happen? He was, and why didn't it happen longer? And he was like, well, the, um, the house show returns were not very good, unfortunately. Like, it was a great moment in terms of cultural right. history, but when it actually comes down to the That's business really, side of it, it just didn't happen. I've never really understood this. So it's like the house show attendance isn't good. Like, that's always the excuse. Yeah. And, and I've never really understood this because it's like, oh, did you hear the WCW's in town? It's a house show. Do you want to go? I don't know. Who's the world champion? Like, like that, that, like that was never like a question. It was just like, oh, they're in town. Oh, let's go. Like that'd be great. I think you that's know? where sometimes live television does not really tell the full story about what somebody's connection is to the crowd. That is like that. That's where sometimes what we see on television, I feel like, is it's just not accurate. It's not the full picture when it comes to is somebody really over, 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 like over to where okay, you're the guy. Here we go. Again, it's not a takeaway. Like he deserved to have that moment. He okay. had some his his ramping just, up since being in Doom all the way up to this has been really good. Like it's not like it was, and it's not like he um, he just had a bunch of crappy matches, you know. With uh, um, <laughs> pick any one of our favorite jobbers this season, and that's it. Like Terry Taylor. There you go. Like, you know, he, he did wrestle him, but anyway, <laughs> but that's okay. That's true. He did. But, but it's just like, just because Ron Simmons is there, does that mean Sting's not going to be there? You know, it, it, like that, that, that's the part I've never understood. It's like, well, I don't need to go anymore. For well, now here's the thing. There is that thing about A shows and B shows where like the A town well, is true. usually that world champion. So that means if, and I don't, I do not know if WCW did the same thing as WWF. We've always heard about WWF where Hogan's in this town. And that means that whoever, uh, second level baby face, you're in town B to be the main guy there. And that's okay. where I wonder, like, is are Sting and Ron working the same shows? You know, so that's yeah. That's okay, I can see attendance being down if Sting's not there. Sure, yeah. of course. Oh, that's yeah, because that's a guy who's really over. Like, like because absolutely. yeah, back in the old days of house shows, we would know the card long before mm -hmm. um, the show, right? You know, with the card subject to change at the bottom. <laughs> um. All right, so. Man, this is so deflating, but we got to do this at least a, at least a little bit of it because again, I, I I'm not gonna have a ton to say about this. I mean, it is unfortunately like even with the breakup of having Sting and Vader in between, this is still just 21 minutes of like great. Can we just get to the is finish this 21 now? 21 minutes. <laughs> yes, it is 21 minutes and nine seconds. So, um, well, I've got some notes. I can fly through them. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, first thing I noticed, seems like there's a lot of people that left. <laughs> <coughs> well, there and you that's go. another reason why I think that match should have went last. Um, lots of people, hard, you know, hard camera left seemed to have bailed on the show after Sting's match. Um, that's unfortunate. Steiners, they come to the ring, uh. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, Vader and Harley Race are currently taking calls on the WCW hotline. Oh, wait, no, they're not. Uh, <laughs> like, this is so weird. Jim Ross makes this comment about them taking calls, and then he kind of corrects himself. No, 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 they'll be taking calls uh, after the show. If you want to talk to Vader about his uh, impressive win over Sting. I'm like, boy, what a conversation that would be. Uh, I love this comment from JR. Apparently, Steve Williams got the nickname Dr. Death in the ninth grade. So, 
he could have been 13 when someone went, you're Dr. Death. <laughs> you know, just, like, just the idea of a 13-year-old with that just made me laugh. Uh, let's, let's talk about the worst person in this fucking match, man, is uh, Ole Anderson. His counts are so ungodly pathetic. Like, they are... I, it, it, God forbid he's on hard cam behind the wrestlers. I can't tell if he's on 2 or 40. Uh, like, you can't even hear him hit the mat. And he gets down there so damn slow. It's, it, it's just... It's, it's pathetic. I mean, it's just... it's And worst of all, it's not TV friendly. He's not a TV referee. You know, like... You, you don't have, like, Randy Anderson who will literally leap over both wrestlers just to get to where the shoulders are and start counting, which is an awesome ref. Uh, Ole ain't leaping over anybody. Um... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, another great insight to Jesse Ventura's uh, commentary. I love when he mentions that uh, Dustin Rose is consistently on the wrong side of the turnbuckle to make the tag. Like, whatever side that Barry's on to be able to make the tag, Dustin is on the other side. So he's it makes it even further away. Uh, that's that's great. I absolutely love that. And other than that, I have, I have no... Note or memory of how this ended, other than who won. Clothesline. That's how oh, no, the clothesline's awesome. Yeah. I'll take that back. I love the clothesline. The clothesline looks good. And that's that's I, I mean that's your show, folks. I mean, I just don't get like I mean I. It's interesting to think that wow, these guys are holding both belts. Like, so we're saying they're as good as the Steiners, or actually no, we're saying they're better than the Steiners, and I just don't think anybody really believes it. And nor do any of the people there really care. It's it's a tough haul. This is a tough haul of a show. Um, and I'll tell you, I only gave this a three. Like I just did not. Oh. Did, I just and I, and the, here's the problem: the match itself is probably much better than that. You're just so beat up as an audience member. Like you feel like you've been worked over, and you're just like just mercifully end. Like you just don't have as there's just not as the enjoyment isn't there and that's sad. I feel bad for that, but that's never nevertheless how I feel. Oh, well, I gave it a four, so okay. I mean I'm 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 right there with you. I, it's probably the second worst match on the card, but uh, yeah, it's 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 just way too damn long. Yeah, yeah, I just. You know, it, uh, this. Uh, I mean, I'm still left with the same questions by the end of it. Like, you know, <laughs> why do these guys have all the belts? Why do we care about this belt? Like, why is this on last? You know, like, uh, it, it's just this. This would be tough, man. Like, I'll be honest. If if I'm, because the thing is, like, they had done the beach blast show. There was definitely a clash. If I had forked over money though to see this, man, would I be disappointed? Like, yeah, this would have been uh, bad, uh, even especially when you consider that WWF yeah. is about to do SummerSlam '92. Right. I mean, even as kids, like, and we're not even thinking about how good or bad matches are. We're not thinking about that. We're just we're that's strictly on an enjoyment level. There wouldn't have been any enjoyment in this at all. Like this, just this is tough. I mean, and I no. um, to a kid, this is not a good show. Um, no, there's nothing that I, I don't think there's anything that a kid would like. It's like, oh, what, who's your favorite singles wrestler? Sting. He loses. Who's your favorite tag team? Steiner Brothers. They're not even in the damn tournament. Nope, they just come down, they throw a little interference, and then they're escorted out. Bye-bye. Yeah, and that, that's it. 
Yeah, like there's no <laughs> scuffle. There's no, there, there's nothing. I hate this in in wrestling shows. There's nothing to get you excited about the next show. Right. Uh, right. Like the one thing you've got, and it's a it's a stretch if you don't know what's what's coming, is the Ron Simmons promo. Right. That's it. But uh, um, well, I have, I have our ratings here. Okay. So real quick, I'll tell uh, you the uh, the two matches. There are two matches that Meltzer has ratings for on this. He has three and a quarter for Koloff Steamboat versus Pillman. And Liger, and then he has four stars for Vader and Sting. Fair, okay. yeah, totally fair. Absolutely. Would we give this show though, man? What were our ratings? Um, I have it rated a little higher than you, um, by like a point and a half. So our total, our final rating for Great American Bash '92 combined is a five point one. Not far off. Five point nine five is on CageMatch.net. So everyone's oh, pretty much in. Everyone's pretty much in that, you know, this this is mediocre, very, very much something you can skip. I mean, go you can I mean go watch Vader's thing into like on its own, but the rest of it you can just keep it keep it pretty much. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, I give i you can keep the Steamboat Koloff, Pillman Liger, because there are other great tag matches. Like Steamboat um uh, their uh, Vader's thing is kinda one of a kind of its own, so I'll give that Yeah, it's, it, it's... It saves the show. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I, I did like the Pillman Liger Steamboat Koloff match. Like that was, yeah, that was all right. And it's, the Rick it, Rude's match with uh, and Austin's with Wyndham and Rhodes is pretty good. Yeah. So it's, know, it's, not, it's not a ter- it's not a terrible show. It's just not. No, it's just it just either. dips so badly <laughs> after like one hour. It's just like boom. It just slips yeah. into a dirt. It's, it's a bit of a slog. I'm yeah. amazed I got through it in two viewings. Yeah, me too. Um, but looking ahead, there's a lot of stuff on the horizon. So keep your eyes, um, keep your eyes out on the feeds for, uh, some potential best of luck spot episodes. I'm not, I'm sorry. Perfect 10 episodes, the best of luck spot hall of fame. And then we want to do something special for the Ron Simmons match. All this stuff will be coming out and you can have some heads up on it. But, um, in the meantime, the one thing you lock in for sure, just keep your eyes out for those nominations for the best of luck spot hall of fame and respond accordingly we are on twitter at new blood pod the podcast is on facebook new blood rising podcast i am at william rinkin 83 and i am at cm underscore stabs and we will see you all next for in terms of season five proper will be the best of luck spot hall of fame kick out kick out cactus goodbye my friend Goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus.